Francesca Battistelli is a singer and songwriter person of that type. And I was listening to a song by her yesterday in which she says these words about God. I don't need my name in lights. I am famous in my father's eyes. He knows my name. Perhaps you have been told at some point that you are special or wonderful or have accomplished a lot. And perhaps don't always feel like what you've been told. We need the voice of the Father to call us back, to call us by name, to know that we are, in this mysterious way, famous in his eyes. So I want to share a sort of extended story with you about the most radical way that can look. There was a man named Rudolf Hiss, uh, who died in 1947. He was executed. Uh, and before that, he had been tried over the course of about two weeks and sentenced to death at the end of that. But before that, maybe four or five years earlier, uh, Rudolf Hess had been appointed by the Nazi government to be the commandant of Auschwitz. So he oversaw all of it. And at some point during his time as commandant, there were a group of Polish priests who were arrested, Jesuit priests, and they were taken from their community and brought to Auschwitz um, and detained there. But when they were arrested, one of the priests they lived with, their superior, uh, wasn't home. And so he wasn't arrested and came home to find that his brother priests had been taken. And so that priest, whose name was Vladislav Lohn, walked to Auschwitz and turned himself in. The guard didn't know what to do with that, and so brought him to Rudolf Hess. And Rudolf Hess also presumably did not really know what to do about that. This priest said, I can't leave my brothers alone here. So that's why I came. Sort of confused by this, Rudolf Hess let him go. And that priest, presumably, ministered in secret, as a lot of priests did, with danger to his life every day, throughout the remainder of the World War. That's the beginning of the story. I'm only telling you the first part right now. Most of us, don't need the kind of conversion, or maybe the degree of conversion, that Rudolf Hess did, but we are all profoundly in need of conversion. We can think often that the gospel is for people who have it together, who are totally virtuous, who have attained holiness, and that is not true. If it were, Jesus would not have needed to come. He came for tax collectors and sinners. He came for prostitutes. I'm going to say that again. He came for prostitutes. So when we feel lonely, or not enough in the Father's eyes, or a little broken, or like we've messed up, we can take a lot of comfort, because it means that the gospel 
is precisely for us. When I was a freshman in college, for at least my first semester, but probably into my second semester, I called my parents every day to keep them updated. I was so excited about all these new things I was learning and people I was meeting, and I was just kind of bubbling over. Uh, and at some point, I noticed my upperclassmen friends were not doing that. And I thought, how rude. They must not love their parents or something. Of course they love their parents. I remember calling my parents the first morning I skipped class to tell them, hi, I just want to let you know that just so you know, I'm skipping Latin class this morning. Such a dweeb. And it occurred to me over time, as I stopped doing that, calling them, every day, that I had kind of thought that they needed those phone calls, that I needed to be kind of keeping them apprised so they knew what was going on, I knew how things were going. But that I was the one who really needed those phone calls. My parents were happy to have them. They were generous and there and happy to learn, but I sort of needed that stability. And that's what things are like with conversion, with the sacrament of reconciliation, with our God. He loves to welcome us back. He wants us back so badly. But he's not really the one who needs us to check in. We're the ones who need him, need to check in. And it does us good. Which is why the sacrament of reconciliation is always here. Anytime you see a priest, you can poke that priest and say, or stand six feet away from that priest and say, I'd like to go to confession. I've heard confessions at airports, and I've heard confessions in all sorts of places. And that's a great thing. It's a beautiful thing. And there's nothing priests love more than that. So here's the second part of the story of Rudolf Hess. Rudolf Hess was imprisoned after he was tried and sentenced to death. He was imprisoned in Auschwitz and was going to be executed there. And he was being guarded by Polish soldiers, almost all of whom certainly had family members, for whose death Rudolf Hess was responsible. And he was terrified of what that was going to be like. And instead, what he found was that these guards treated him with tenderness. He said it was the first experience of mercy he had had in his life. And it sort of triggered something in Rudolf Hess. He had been baptized as a Catholic, as a child, and he wrote in his final weeks to his family and to other people he knew about what had caused him in a culture and within himself to delude himself into thinking that there was no God and that tenderness and mercy were not real. And he asked for a priest so he could go to confession. Now, every priest, you ask them to hear your confession, is required to hear your confession. But things were pretty wrong in Poland. And priest after priest after priest refused to hear this man's confession. And he said, I know of a priest who will hear my confession. 
His name, I don't know anything about where he is, but his name is Vladislav Lom. Find him. So they went, and they found this Jesuit priest, whom Rudolf Hess had let go years before, and brought him to Auschwitz, where this priest had turned himself in a few years before. And Vladislav Lom heard Rudolf Hess's confession for a long time. And the next day, he came back, and he brought Rudolf Hess communion. And the guards said that this was unbelievable, and one of the most beautiful things that they had ever seen, that this guy who they hated so much, who they had so many reasons to loathe, that they got to watch him like a little boy, crying, receiving communion in a new way for the first time. God's mercy kind of draws this arc, these different points in our lives where it intersects with where we are. It always finds us, even if we try to run. It's kind of like a z-axis that goes through everything about our lives and is present there. So that when we go to the sacrament of reconciliation, when we receive communion, we're joined with this incredible bond, this communion of saints with all of these people, Rudolf Hess and Vladislav Lohn. These people who let God write all over their blank pages and tell this story that's unfathomable, that's better than anything we ever could have come up with on our own. So that when we go to the sacraments and when we receive communion, we can know. We don't need our name in lights, or in history books, or on websites. That we are famous in our Father's eyes, and that that 